This is Box Elder School District Super Scoop, the podcast about the happenings in Box Elder School District. Today, we are with Superintendent Steve Carlson. Yeah, but you put me at such ease, Dave. It's oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad I can ease your nerves, Steve. Okay. Um, All right. Well, let's give it a go. I guess. Okay. Well, we'll start talking. This one's kind of a little bit of a heavier one, and um, it is. so we'll yeah we'll see what we can do with this one. But um, so it seems like more and more there's threats to the safety of students throughout the nation in schools. Um, what are some of the procedures that Box Elder School District has? to assess the risk of different threats? Well, Dave, we take this very seriously, incredibly seriously. And, and as you said, there is more and more of, of those school shootings go happening. And, and we talk a lot about this. We prepare a lot. And um, in our last podcast, we talked about school safety with, with snow and weather, but this is even more critical. And um, we spend a lot of time assessing how to assess threats and so we do take it very seriously and we do have a lot of training there's a training that the state board of education provides it's called comprehensive school threat assessment guidelines as an acronym of CSTAG and we have many of our uh, most of our secondary schools do have that training and we've talked about it a lot but we do spend a lot of time assessing the threats that we hear about and, and we always make sure that we know what's going on with them before we make any kind of a decision of how to go forward. What are some of the, you talked about threats that you hear about. What are some of the ways that you've heard about different threats? Okay. We have a software called Gaggle that evaluates all of the BESD accounts. So any, any student that has a, a BESD student account, Box Elder School District, uh, this software will evaluate anything that they type, whether they're journaling, whether it's a assignment in English or anywhere. If, if it's going through our account, it will evaluate if they use term like school shooting, shooters, uh, suicide. There is a whole list of words that that's out there and it will automatically send an email to both Robert Gordon, our, our IT director, and Gary Allen or Heidi Joe West, our two assistant superintendents. And I believe it also sends a message to the principal of those schools. And we immediately will evaluate who said it. We'll get the kid in and find out why they said what they said. And there's a variety of reasons. I mean, it could have been harmless. They're doing a research paper on some topic like school shootings. But if they've said anything in there that, that, lends to self-harm or harm of others, then we would get the police involved. We would go to the home. Uh, we actually have the police go to the home and de determine the level of the, th the threat. And so that's one, of the, that's one of the tools. Another tool is there's a thing called the Safe UT app. And it's actually uh, was a legislative item that uh, Representative Steve Ellison, uh, it's probably been three or four years ago, had a... Um, bill that he ran that provided money for this safe UT app. And, and it provides for some operators that anytime somebody hears of anything unsafe in schools, they can call this, this phone number. And we've tried to do a good num job of getting out to kids 
and they can call and be anonymous and say, hey, I heard this. And, and if they tell us who it is, which luckily we've been able to do that, then we go and we call the police, we call the parents, we get everybody involved. And if there's any, uh, anything to it, then we go to the next step, which possibly could be shutting school down. Perfect example of this one is a year ago in, in the, the North schools and the Tremont schools, Bear River High School exactly, there was a father who walked in on um, a, a son of his about one o'clock in the morning. And he was in the middle, I believe, of a TikTok with two or three of his friends. And they were all talking big. And they actually had, we found out that they were fake weapons, but uh, they were on there talking about, we're going to go tomorrow and shoot up the school. And they were all, and so this father called the police and called the high school principal. And we worked through the night. It was probably one or two in the morning when I got the phone call and it was determined because we hadn't had enough time to assess the threat appropriately, it was determined to shut down all the schools in Tremont. So that was Bear River High, that was Bear River Middle School, that was Harris Intermediate, it was North Park Elementary, McKinley Elementary, and Garland Elementary. We shut them down that next day, until, and we actually brought in bomb uh, sniffing dogs and so that one was actually not the safe UT, but that was actually a dad that saw something and he called up and said something. And so I, I think when we evaluate the threat, if we know that it's something that's not a viable threat, we may or may not, uh, you know, have the student come in for a disciplinary hearing. Uh, but if it's viable, we, sh we, we will go as far as shutting school down. How do you assess the risk and decide, oh, we need to let everybody in the school know, or we need to just let the certain population know? How do you decide yeah. what, what the communication looks like? It, it comes down to the viability of the threat. And it's really the key. If, if we feel like there was some viability, then we would let the, probably the school know. You know, in the, in the case of one we just had this past weekend, or it's past week, there was an email sent out, and that's because it was later at night when we heard about it. It was 10 o'clock at night when I was involved, and we hadn't heard from the police yet. The police were actually sent to a home to assess the threat. The parents were contacted. And so that late at night, we decided, hey, we don't know for sure what's going on. And we quite off, quite frankly, we let the police help us sometimes. In that case where I just spoke about the Tremont situation, the police said, hey, we're concerned. We think you need to shut school down. So we have to do a good job in assessing the viability of the threat. And certainly the last thing I want is to have someone come to school to hurt students or employees. And so a lot of times a kid will just, you know, off the cuff, I'm going to go kill you or I'm going to go kill somebody. And they're just shooting from, you know, the hip, they're letting their, their, uh, you know, just letting things blow and we investigate and that's not anything that's worth, we feel like sending an email out. Uh, sometimes kids write things down in an assignment or they write a list down because they actually, we've had, uh, there's some therapists that believe, Hey, if you're mad at somebody, write a list of two or three people you're mad at, wad it up, stomp on it, you know, do whatever you got to do. I mean, that's kind of a therapy 
and it might end up in the wrong hands and people say, oh, no, that's a hit list or that's a, a kill list. And we've actually had one of those types of things happen. But once we got down and talked to the parents, got the police involved, you find out there was actually really no threat. And so our feeling is, is why raise the level of concern in a school of 500 kids if there was really no threat? If there's a threat at all, we send the email out, we send a text out, we have police presence, and, and that's something we take very, very seriously. And so if you hear of a, an email or if you hear of a, um, a list or if you hear of any of those types of things, contact, I think the best thing to do, first of all, is contact the, the school principal. And then if you don't get a response, contact the, the school district office. Okay. So I've got a lot of my own children that go to the school mm -hmm. district. And uh, what, what do I, when do I get informed okay. of different threats that have happened? You know, I think that's through this threat assessment. We uh, really have to look at if, if we feel like the parents should, should be told because we know that the threat was big enough or there was enough out there heard about that we need to get it out to the parents that, hey, we've assessed the threat. We feel like it's not viable enough that we can still hold school but we want you to be aware of it. And we'll, we generally have police presence if, if we feel like there's enough of a, you know, just to help calm things down. There's always one thing I would like to say when you hear those parents or guardians, it, they're still your children. And just like with a, a snow closure, or if there's snow and you don't feel your kids safe, keep your student home, call the school and say, I'm keeping them home will work with you 100% in making sure your assignments are made up. But it just comes down to, and this is a hard thing for people to understand or, or even believe, I guess, is that you've got to trust those of us at the school that if we feel like there's any amount of harm, we'll close school down. If we feel like it's a non-viable threat that really didn't have any credence, then we're probably not going to send an email or a text. If it, there was a threat that had a little bit of credence, then we'll send an email to tell you that it has been taken care of and handled. So I hope that makes sense because but we do have threats made on a fairly regular basis. So we feel like if we were sending out an email or a text to parents all the time, it would kind of become... Yeah, I, I, the chicken that the sky's falling yes, or, yeah. and people would start saying, oh, that's just another just one of another those. Email. Just, so we want to make sure they're very possibly viable before we uh, send something out or it's been spread around enough that they had to, uh, you know, we have to squelch rumors or, or, or something like that. Facebook is really good at spreading news. Yes. And so when uh, the middle school was closed the other day, or I guess when there was that threat, it wasn't closed, but, yeah. you know, there were rumors going around on Facebook. So I read these and as a parent, what should I do? How should I figure out if these rumors are true? Mm -hmm. Who would you recommend that I call? Should I email? What, what would be the best step for me as a parent? Sure. So that I know the real information. Well, Facebook, you know, bringing up Facebook is, is a, a pretty good one because most of the time when I read certain people's Facebook, they really don't have the information correct. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest you know, and it's going to be um, probably a lot of people calling, but I would suggest calling the school would be the best. And 
what we try to do, and we get our principals to try to do this, is inform our um, secretaries, those answering the cell, you know, the phones, the administration, along with the help of the police department, have evaluated that threat, and they've determined that it's not a viable enough threat to close school down. Or they've determined what the threat was, they've already you know, talk to the person. And in some cases, if it was a viable enough threat, it's possible they could have been arrested. And in the case of the closure at uh, uh, the Tremont end last week, or excuse me, last year, there was actually, I think the students were actually taken into the police station and, and interviewed. And so that's how seriously they took that. And in the end, we ended up being, it ended up being just kind of a, a joke thing, but it was pretty serious when you see students on TikTok brandishing a weapon, even though we found out later it was a plastic weapon, but it's still very concerning because you never know, you know, if they're real or not. They can make them look pretty darn real. You you mentioned something that I just wanted to clarify. You know, as a parent, you know, what legally as a school mm-hmm. and as the superintendent, uh, what information can you share about a threat or about the person or about the consequences? Well, very specifically through the FERPA laws, and you know, you could Google that, but it's basically Federal Education Right to Privacy Act. And we cannot disclose discipline. We can't, you know, certainly disclose a a student's, you know, grades or any of that kind of stuff. We have to be very careful with FERPA Privacy Act. And so I know parents want to know, is that kid coming back to school? Is... Has that kid been sufficiently punished? A lot of times if we have fights or if we, you know, sometimes they're fights or sometimes they're actually assaults and the, maybe the victim wants to know, Hey, has that kid been punished enough? And that's something we can never share. And, you know, they'll say, well, they got in trouble and they were back in school the very next day. Well, our job and we do have legal responsibilities is to educate kids. And if they're not, severe enough uh, crimes or situations, incidents, then we have to educate them. And it's not as easy as people might believe. They're actually, it's gotten to the point where our legislature about, oh, it's been five or six years ago, House Bill 239. Uh, Representative Lowry Snow from Washington County down in St. George had a bill and it's made it extremely hard for schools to get law enforcement involved with some of some of the things that, that happen in schools. They are actually in this legislative session, session bringing back some of those abilities for us to even turn in students for excessive truancy. And so the FERPA laws are really tough and you'll hear from us constantly. We're not going to tell you what the punishment is for that person, but I can guarantee you that there is punishment. Now we're a school, and we're all about education and we we refer to it as progressive discipline and we go to the situation and we evaluate it and we always try to enforce the lowest level of punishment that we can that we think will help a student learn to go forward and that might be a few days of suspension they'd be placed on a a plan where they might have uh, an adult at the school one of our paraprofessionals escort them. They might be put in what we call in-school suspension. They might be escorted. I know that we've had times where if we felt like a student was unsafe, we would have a paraprofessional 
at the curbside to escort the student right into school, in school suspension, spend the day with them. And then that same paraprofessional at the end of the day would walk the student to curbside with, with that student to get in the car with mom and dad. And so there's a lot of different things that we can do that we, we call it progressive discipline. If somebody does something again, we probably tighten it up. And you know, if it happens again, there's a point where we can as a school district, I can as a superintendent, recommend to the school board of education expulsion. But ultimately the only group or the only power that allows you to expel a kid is the school board taking a, a vote to say that you have done enough that you only um, don't get to come to school here anymore. And I've been a superintendent for 22 years, and this is the third district I've been in. There's only been two of those cases that we've actually uh, taken kids in front of the school board to have them expelled. And I'll tell you that right now, none of them have been in Box Elder School District. And so we haven't you know, found that yet need to come to action. Well, and I think one of the things that people need to realize is for instance, in the, uh, I believe it was Parkland, the shooting in Florida, uh -huh. Parkland High School, that student had been expelled uh, four or five months before. And I think this, uh, this the shooter in uh, the Uvalde shooting was a young man that had been expelled from school. So some of our feeling is if we expel a kid and they go home, and they don't have social interaction, they don't have us to train them, or even us to keep eyes on them, we feel like they're safer if we can bring them back to school. And so, you know, and if it's, certainly if it's bad enough, the law enforcement can do something, but if us seeming to kick them out of school really is our only, our most drastic punishment measure that we can take. We feel like to have them in school, have our eyes on them, there's all kinds of things that happen. We meet them at the front of the front door, they, they have to be, they can be uh, searched. Uh, we tell them some of these kids don't get to have backpacks. You know, there's a variety of things and they have to submit to a search at any time uh, of, their, of their, even their person if, if we feel like they're dangerous enough. And so it, it seems easy. If somebody does something naughty like that, kick them out of school. If they're not absolutely an incredible threat, we'd like to keep them in school. Yeah, no, I, I think that it's a great policy and a great thing to do for the future. I know sometimes yeah. short-sighted, that would be ex expelling them, but for the future, yeah. you know, keep them long-term. So um, as a parent of my own children and, uh, you know, and my kids in school, uh, how, how do I... How do I stay at ease? How do my kids stay at ease yeah. that safety is the district's number one policy? Well, you know, I think one of the things that it's, it's a really a, uh, a blessing to me to have, since I'm old enough, I don't have children in school anymore, <laughs> but I do have a grandson in this school district. And honest, honestly, you know, those of us who have children and grandchildren, we know how devastating that would be. And I can safely say to you that having a grandson in this school district lets me be able to tell the people of this great school district that we're going to do everything we can to make sure that these situations don't happen and that we're going to do everything we can 
to help kids that have these kind of problems to not, you know, kicking them out and, and setting them aside is not the answer. It's keep them in. We have mental health counselors. We have licensed clinical social workers. We have a nurse practitioner actually on staff now. We have a lot of resources to help kids. And we believe keeping them in school and bringing all these resources. And also this nurse practitioner has resources with outside health and mental health prof professionals that we get those connections made. And so that's the way to solve this problem is through mental health and, and, and social interaction with the school. It's not to kick them out and isolate them. And so I can safely say that, David, your kids are safe, my kids are safe, and I have another, well, I have, I have 19 grandkids, a couple of them are in college. So the other 16 or so of them that are in Utah schools, I believe are doing the same thing we're doing. So I can tell you, because uh, I go to the same trainings, I go to the same meetings with other superintendents. This is one, if not the top concern that we have is, is a school shooting. It's the worst thing that can happen in, in any situation. And certainly for those people, you know, God bless them that have ever lost a child to one of these horrific events. And so I just really feel strongly that I want people to know how seriously we take it, how much work we put into it, working with with our administrators, with our teachers, with our counselors, with law enforcement to make sure when we hear of any of these threats that we do everything we can to make absolutely sure that it's safe before we open the doors for our kids. Well, thanks, Steve. Anything, any last thing you want to say? That's, it's been a, <laughs> this is a difficult topic to talk it, it about. It is. It is really hard, you know, and it's hard to, to put it out in, you know, in, in, on the airways because Somebody might try to catch up on, on this, but I'll just end by saying, if there is a threat, we'll shut the school down. If there's a kind of a viable threat, we'll notify you. If it was a threat that wasn't worthy of a notification, that's because we honestly feel like there was not a big enough threat to be able to notify people to get them into an uproar. So that's basically how I'd like to end today's discussion, I guess. Well, thank you very much. Okay, thank you.